0: Hey, I'm Kevin Pettit.
1: And I'm Martin Fraser,
0: And we are Loud Americans Discussing Soccer, better known as Lads. Lads. <sighs> okay, today is Friday, December 28th, 2018, coming to you from South Philadelphia and Mooresville, North Carolina. Martin, I see you tomorrow. That's weird. I...
1: No. Uh, I'm fucking stoked. Um, If you guys haven't figured out what's going on by the pretty obvious Kevin saying he's going to see me tomorrow, Kevin is driving his happy ass down to Mooresville, North Carolina for the New Year's games and the New Year's Eve party. Um, I'm fucking stoked. I haven't seen this dumbass since I stopped in Philly for like two hours, and that was like a month and a half ago or something. So we get four days to rage and watch soccer.
0: Let's go. Yeah, I mean, it'll mostly probably just be us watching like F is for Family and like drinking a few beers. And then like one night we'll have, you know, I don't know. You know, we'll play it by ear, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, It's always a blast. It's like me seeing my long distance girlfriend. You know, it's just going to be a a lot of emotions at first, but then it's going to settle in. Be like, eh. Um, But, you know, what are you drinking tonight, bud?
1: Uh i'm drinking a beer that i quite frequently drink it's a damn good beer uh allagash white it's a uh, beer um five percent alcohol tasty it's kind of i don't know Allegash white kind of reminds me of like just good it's not great it's <laughs> not it's it's not something you write home about but it's not shit it tastes all right it's drinkable Ah, it's, it's a good beer. That's all I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it a very average grade. Uh, let's give it a 7.7. 7. So it's, it's still mm. got a C, but it's a, it's a pretty solid C. I, I, I enjoy Allagash White a lot.
0: Seven Minutes in Heaven with Allagash White. I love it. Um, I am drinking Stella Artois which is the, like, dad who wants to be kind of sophisticated kind of beer, <laughs> you know, who's like, uh, but, like, I remember my favorite memory of Sainte-L'Artois is like, when I first went abroad, and, like, I bought, like, a four-pack of the Tall Boys, which I'm drinking now. They come in, like, 22 ounces, or this is 19.2 fluid ounces, so 20 ounces. Uh, like tall boy, and if if your beer comes in a tall boy, it's not sophisticated. I think that's definitely like <laughs> on the checklist. Um, but I remember my boy Seb said to me, he said, "Kev, you got the white, the wife beater beer," and I said, "What?" And he was like, "Yeah, you know that's what uh poor British men chavs uh, drink before they beat their wives," and I said, "Oh." That's horrible. I don't know why you would associate that with a beer, but okay. <laughs> like, because it's such like in America, it's like, oh, Stella Artois. Ooh, okay. I mean, you you bougie bitch when it's literally just like one step up from like Bud Light. Like, it's not like anything that special. It, lo- it has a cool glass. Like, if you go to a bar, they'll give you the Stella Artois glass. But I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's like I'll give this like a seven. Like, Stella Artois is nothing to write home about. It's literally, it's like branding. Like, you're buying Nike. Uh, it's, a, it's like literally you're buying it for the brand.
1: Dude, I, I seriously have bought Stella on multiple occasions solely because they look fancy. I I, mm-hmm. I don't like Stella at all. I think it tastes like piss. I think it mm-hmm. tastes like Heineken. But
0: oh yeah, man. Heineken is awful. Like I don't. Yeah, I hate, I that hate that as, it. Like I hate that it's like the sponsor of like the Champions League because I'm like, who the fuck drinks that? Like it like tastes like skunked beer. Like if you it like. Does. Like, I've had Heineken out of the tap, like, draft. That's okay. But out of the bottle or a a can? Oh, my God. Fuck that. I can't even imagine. Like, I remember I went on a fishing trip with my uncle because that's what rednecks in South Jersey do. And he, like, woke up at, like, 4 in the morning. I was, like, hungover as hell. Uh, from the night before and he's like what do you want and for some reason i said a six pack of heineken i took one sip and puked Ugh. on this i took a. I puked on the side of the boat and they're like i'm like it's not even from like drinking from the night before it was literally from just the heineken it was so gross um anyway i gave this what a seven i said yeah it's like average it's like a little step up from like bud light or miller light and if you just want to like seem bougie like i i see right through you dude like you're not like it's it's fine but you know i feel like we haven't had it on the pod or maybe we have this is our hundred ninth 109th- episode so fuck I if i know we
1: have had it on the pod i think <laughs> i seriously think that we have tried like 30 beers and we keep getting the same things over and over mm. and over again i would i would love to branch out but i'm a man who's comfortable with what he's comfortable with mm-hmm. don't show I st- me new things don't give me new ideas i yeah, know I who st- i am i'm not changing
0: <laughs> i stay in my lane dude time is a flat <laughs> circle true detective russ cole taught me that like i don't you know Everything that's happened has already happened. All right, guys, we got a pack show for you because it's motherfucking Boxing Day was two days ago. Um, but before we get to that, we have some headlines. We have racism in Italy again. Shocker. Uh, we have stuff about the Christmas truce. We have the... Well, let's open up with this. We have the passing of Sidji Schmidt. Uh, he is the all-time winningest MLS coach. He won titles with the LA Galaxy. Uh, He won a bunch of cups with the Seattle Sounders. Not the MLS Cup. I think he won one with the Columbus Crew as well. He's also a legend at UCLA. He was a coach of the UCLA team and won three national titles there. Um, We posted an article if you want to learn all the information about Sigi on – go check out our social medias or just like, just Google his name, like go read about him, Cause honestly, like I, like I just want to be genuine with you guys. I really, cause me and Maren are completely honest. Like we don't really follow that much MLS, but seeing how the soccer community, the Taylor 12 men's, um, the Alexi Lawless a lot of people in the soccer communities were very heartbroken by his passing. And uh, both of us have taken upon ourselves to do our research and find out more about the man. And he just seemed like the most genuine, authentic person. Dude, like, so patient, literally would give people second chances, but would still be harsh, you know, kind of like that dad who'd be like, I'll give you a leash, but I'm going to reel it in, you know, if something goes wrong. Like, the guy just seemed like just the man and has gone down as all-time winningest MLS coach, did a ton for U.S. soccer, uh, absolute legend. So that's all I really got to say about that. I don't, like, we don't really talk that much MLS, but I figure we definitely want to address it. Uh, because he seemed like he was someone who deserved it.
1: Yeah, um, and i got—I got to be upfront with y'all. I did not know who C.G. Schmidt was before a couple days ago, Um, but after reading a couple articles, there's an excellent article on ESPN uh, right now about him. I really got the sense that this man, his legacy in in life was to build relationships and build soccer in the United States. Um, he single-handedly, well not single-handedly, but he built uh, the Seattle Sounders from the ground up. Um, so he he's just had an insane influence in, in U.S. soccer, building the brand, building a team, building an identity of, of U.S. soccer. And I thought what uh, Alejandro Moreno said of ESPN FC was really, really fucking... Telling about this guy uh, He had a whole long quote But he ended it with The most important thing that I learned From him was how important Communication is in a coach It's maybe the most important skill And for a, for a dude Who's been this successful In his life with soccer To maintain that communication is important and Communication between players, coaches, fans GMs, what have you Is paramount It's It really shines a fucking great light on this man's life and legacy.
0: Yeah, I mean, definitely do your own research like we did. Um, I mean, we barely did, probably some Wikipedia pages here and there. Um, but honestly, this guy seemed like just a good dude. Like a genuinely just heartfelt and just cared, like put his life work into soccer. Like that was his thing. Like it was US soccer. He probably could have gone and coached somewhere else, but this was his home where he loved um, and he spent his whole life trying to make the game bigger, better, and just for everyone here in America. So shout out to Siggy, You're the fucking man. This guy, fucked. All right. Moving on, we have racism. Woo! In Italy again. Uh, a match between Napoli, Ancelotti's Napoli, and Inter Milan. Uh, Koulibaly. K- I, I believe I'm pronouncing this right. Koulibaly. No, oh, wow. Boy. Um... Was It was a very, like, uh, what's the word? Contested. Very physical game. Um, there was... He was already on a yellow card. Then there was a challenge. And it was a very soft challenge. Uh, he ended up getting sent off with a red card. And during this time, uh, many of the fans in the stands for Inter Milan were doing monkey chants. Which, again, this is, what, the third racist, like, incident we've reported on in the past, what, month, Martin? This is yeah. getting out... This is, like, what the fucking world is it? Like, what? I, I feel like I have to keep saying, like, what year is it when it comes to this? Like, fuck racism. Fuck you. If you're making monkey chants, just, like, go fucking kill yourself. I don't care. I really don't care. Like, you're a piece of shit. And if you're listening to this, like and you're racist like what are you doing because we've been through this and we've said how fucking horrible it is uh Ancelotti's quote from the game was Kulabali is usually calm and a good mannered player but he was subjected to monkey noises throughout the game and it shook him despite our request and the chanting the game wasn't suspended next time we'll stop playing uh ourselves so essentially saying he'll just forfeit the match which I think is you know such an Ancelotti move. I think it's a great move by a coach that this is the standard. Like we're not going to deal with racism. Go fuck yourself. Like we're, we're out. So I love that. And then I just want to mention real quick what a uh, Koulibaly's quote is. He says, I am disappointed by the defeat, but above all at leaving my brothers, but I am proud of the color of my skin. Proud to be French Senegal's Senegalese. God damn it. I suck. I ruined this whole quote Senegalese Neapolitan a man. So, shout-out to Ancelotti stepping up and protecting his players, coming off a tough loss against Inter. Um, Yeah, I just, you know, I really don't have more to say about this. I think we've literally beaten this to death. Racism is bad. Like, I, you know, that goes without saying. Like, people are going to be like, huh, well, no fucking shit, Kevin. And I'll be like, well, I have to keep saying it because people aren't getting it. Also, one quick more thing, one more quick thing, Martin – um, people were protesting against racism today in Italy, like supporting Koulibaly, and people were wearing blackface in support of him.
1: <laughs> like oh, I can't
0: oh. make this up. I can't <laughs> make this up. And I was just like I was like, God damn it, Italy. Like you take one step forward, two steps back. Like I like I couldn't even imagine I think someone on Twitter said, like, imagine this happening in America. You get your fucking ass beaten if you did blackface but you'd be like oh, but, I mean the guy's intentions were good, just really poorly executed, so uh, do you have anything to say about this?
1: Yeah, I just, I really love that uh, that the soccer community as a whole responded in this. I thought what you said about Ancelotti's um, threat to forfeit the game and stop playing uh, is an absolutely brilliant move. Um, Inter Milan has actually banned fans for their next two games, and they have banned uh, their ultras from the third game. Uh, so there, there are steps being made to remedy this, but the outpouring of support from players like Vincent Company, Cristiano Ronaldo, Mohamed Salah, uh, Sadio Mane, all these people post on Twitter or Instagram in support of uh Kalub, Bali, and um, seriously, it's great to see this. I think, uh, I think it was company who said that this rhetoric that we are hearing from. The media and the uh, people in power in these countries and in these situations are exactly what's causing this or, or are playing a role in causing this. And uh, basically, a company said that if we want to see this stop, the newspapers that are attacking Raheem Sterling must stop. The politicians that are using violent rhetoric must stop because all of these things are encouraging these shithead racists to fucking... Be comfortable with their racism and and to fucking monkey chant a 27 year old fucking man. And it's, it's, on one hand, it's fucking horrifying that it is 2018 and we're still living in a society where this is a regular thing. But on the other hand, seeing just the outpouring of support from the football community, whether it's a player, a pundit, or fans themselves, gives me hope. Because we, the fucking good not racist people of this earth outlaw outweigh and outnumber every single piece of shit racist mm-hmm. and that's where we're gonna fucking get shit done we just outnumber them outnumber them, and I think we, we talked about this uh, when Raheem Sterling was um, racially abused it might have been Raheem or it might have been another player in Germany I can't remember it was a couple months back but our our uh solution for this, is if you are caught chanting racist taunts or what have you, lifetime ban. Just Mm fucking done. You want to pull that shit? No. It's it's not welcome in this stadium. And you do that like 50, 60 times a year, guess what? One, you'll wipe out all the fucking uh, arrogant racists who want to chat shit at football games, and two, people are going to stop fucking doing that because they want to watch football. So... Fucking end this shit. It's 2018. Kids, men, women should not be fucking experiencing this shit.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just these entitled fans who feel like they can do whatever they want once they en- once they enter the stadium or the building. And I think a lifetime ban because there's probably other fans who can't, you know, the game was sold out and there'd be other fans who aren't racist who probably would want those seats. So I think just get them out just like you just got to set a standard like this is not going to be tolerated whatsoever and like i think it's um part of part of my take or another podcast i listen to says that like once a year uh the players should get a chance to like just fight any fan they want (laughs) um i i definitely am all with them like i would love koulibaly to just literally just eat someone's face and beat the shit out of them because that is a big bad man i mean in terms of like defenders in the world, I think he's probably one of the top ten world class defenders in the world, and he would literally and he's just
1: six five two hundred fucking. Yeah, pounds, so he will beat your racist fucking ass into the ground. I wholly yeah. support that. That's a brilliant
0: yeah. idea. Yeah, um, shout out to those guys. That uh, pardon my take. They um, that's I. That's a really good take. So. Uh, A couple more things. Uh, I put in the notes that the lads' hoodies are in. I called today. They are not, which I haven't even told Martin yet. So (laughs) they they might be done by tomorrow, which I'm hoping I can get them uh, so I won't have to ship them down to Martin. But um the lads hoodies are underway it has our little logo it's a black hoodie very comfortable allegedly i haven't worn it yet i don't know um and it says like if you know you know shout out to push a t on the back so hopefully they're in soon and then we'll have a web store or something so you can get those uh ordered free shipping wherever you are we had a fan from finland say hey can i get one i said fucking hell yeah man i'll pay the hundred dollars to get you it even (laughs) it'll cost three times the hoodie but if you're a fan of the show i'll get it to you um we would be remiss if we did not mention the christmas truce so we wish you all had a happy holiday christmas tree truce um merry christmas uh so the christmas truce was something that happened in 1914 where british and german or austrian troops pretty much said on christmas eve christmas day like hey We're not going to fight. They met up in the middle of the lines, and they got together, shared meals, had a Christmas dinner, and they also played soccer, which is really cool. So I posted that picture on our social media of the players uh, playing soccer together, even though some fucker on Twitter said, like, actually, this is a photo from 1915 and um like this is from 1915 like this is not the actual i'm like dude fuck off like you're just you're just ruining this right now so (laughs) don't 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 ruin the mystery or the mystique of something that's like there's so many things in the world like you just don't have to tell me like 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 there's so much beauty in the world that like if you explain it to me it ruins it for me and once i find that out i'm like oh okay it's like that kid who's getting bullied then you find out his parents are like racist i'm like ah god damn it you know like stuff like that. That just like the Twitterverse just ruins.
1: Yeah, people just need to chill the fuck out. If it's close enough and it's celebrating something happy and cool, man, I don't need your fucking comment saying, "Well, you know, actually, actually, it's uh, this photo is is two days before Christmas actually happened." Like, man, uh. I've I've known that fucking story about the Christmas truce since I was like. 10 or 12 or something like that and I've always thought it was the coolest fucking story around. Uh, so don't ruin shit for me, guys.
0: Yeah, it was literally like, it's my personal blog. Like, my name dot word blog. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, get the fuck out of my face. Um, Martin, I see in the new uh, show, shout out to the Christmas Truce. Learn more about it. It was finally like us as a society coming together and not being dicks to each other and being civil. So shout out to the gra- the greatest generation uh martin i see a Newcastle, newcastle rafa shout out what's that all right
1: so this is rare this is probably going to be the only time that i uh praise newcastle or rafa benitez but in a light of christmas spirit i decided that i am gonna uh praise benitez especially so mm. obviously obviously newcastle is in having a great run of form um this entire campaign, granted they won like two matches uh, before losing to Liverpool this past game But Rafa Benitez has managed Newcastle for three years now uh, He took on the ship right before they got relegated and now is uh, currently managing them in their first year Out of relegation um, And he's managing a Premier League squad that includes 14 of the players he had going into a season in the championship Two and a half years ago Six of his ten outfield players In the last two matches Were in the championship squad So this man is literally playing
0: With nothing <laughs> with
1: no- he's, he's basically Tottenham But a shittier, shittier, shittier Shittier, shittier version Of Tottenham This guy has managed to Manage a team that has 14 players He had going into the champions uh, Championship And he has Newcastle in 15th place. I want to give a real quick, you're only going to hear it once, shout-out to Rafa Benitez and Newcastle players. Because Hmm. if that doesn't show you the problem is not with Rafa, the problem is not with the players, but the problem is with their shit-fucking owner, Mike Ashley. I don't know what does. So shout-out to all the Newcastle uh, players and coaching staff. Um, And a quick reminder... For Mike Ashley to go fuck himself this holiday season. And that's my shout-out to Newcastle.
0: <laughs> fuck Mike Ashley. Rafa, you cool for now. Um, oh, for now. Also, uh, one more thing. I got FIFA 19. So I guess I should give my review. Uh, it's good. It's, like, it's okay. Um, I'd probably give it, like, a 7. I still think FIFA 15 and 14 were probably the best. Everything Absolutely. after that have been kind of, like, shit. Um the the one thing that bothers me about FIFA nineteen is is that like I feel like defenders can catch up to you way too quickly. Like I'm having a breakaway with a bomb yank and literally like they catch me in like two seconds. I'm like, dude, I know for a fucking fact David Luiz will not catch me and I'm like ten <laughs> I'm like fifteen yards in front of him. Like I'm 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 a considerable amount and I'm right before I'm about to shoot and he just like and like catches me and I'm like, What? So also the goalies are still dumb like they have not fixed their goalies since like 15 they just do dumb shit all the time I'm like like I feel like that'd be really important they're the one thing besides you know really stopping balls from going in the back of the net um so it's pretty good if you want to play me I guess uh my gamer tag is gunners for life 610 please don't make fun of me please don't make fun of me please don't make fun of me um uh, if you want that just if you want the actual typed out version just message me and I'll send it to you on our social media but yeah it's okay um it's it's not great oh do you want me to bring that down this weekend martin do you Actually, have a tv do you have a tv i was
1: about to uh, advocate that because i i am completely in the same camp with you Brie fifa and this is one thing i think has really bonded kevin and i together over the past f- uh, seven years how long have we known each other is oh the- shit our- <laughs> Is our hatred for every single FIFA game mm-hmm. after FIFA 14-15. FIFA 14-15 is the bread and butter. It has never gotten better since those days. And I genuinely think, dude, it's just gotten worse every single year. They, they're yeah. pulling like a Call of Duty. They put a new skin on it, and it's the same game, same problems. I remember last year in, in FIFA 18, fucking Ronaldo dribbling with the ball would be caught by Per Mertesacker running without the ball and like if it's if that is still broken if david luis can catch a bombing man fuck all that noise
0: like it's just ridiculous also, i didn't even get into like how ea is just like a greedy company and they've literally just slapped oh, on like slapped on micro transaction after micro transaction where literally you have to spend like a hundred dollars to have a good team an ultimate team. And like, I refuse like I dude, I already spent like 60 bucks on a fucking game. Well, I got it for Christmas, but I'm just saying my grandparents, <laughs> my grandparents spent 60 bucks on this. Cause I kind of refused to buy it. Cause I knew about all the fucked up, like microtransactions, but I was like, well, just be an adult. You don't have to buy them. Like, all right, well I guess, uh, okay. So that's, that's, that was talking video games and FIFA. All right. Well, let's talk about motherfucking boxing day. Um, So, I said in the interview of Critty, I would tell you what Boxing Day's origins are. So, this is from the Wikipedia. Boxing Day in the UK is the day after Christmas, December 26th. Yep, we all got that. Um, Traditionally, it was a day when employers distributed money, food, clothes, parentheses material. I'm just reading straight. I don't want to sell you guys short. I'm reading straight from the video, from Wikipedia, or other valuable goods to their employees um cool so most so it's pretty much like a holiday in the uk where it's pretty much like taking care of employees for us who are soccer lovers it's a day where it's just nothing but jam-packed fucking soccer where pretty much every single team plays uh which is awesome so from like eight o'clock till like two in the afternoon it's literally just like non-stop soccer in your goddamn face so pretty pretty wicked so martin uh what game do you want to open up with because there was a lot of games playing at the same time important games but I'd be again remiss if we don't open up with the the league leaders Liverpool dominating your boy, apparently he's your boy now, Rafa Benitez
1: uh, I guess we should start there, and he was my boy for four minutes. I'm done with him Granted, this is <laughs> this is another game that i I would love for like a bomb to fall on. I hate Liverpool and I hate Newcastle. I don't have a reason to hate Newcastle, I just do, but this this uh this game started ugly for Newcastle and got a lot, a lot, a lot more ugly. Uh, Dejon Lovren uh, opened up the scoring in the 11th minute with an absolute fucking laser. Maybe he Dude. is the best center back in the world. Who knows? Rocket.
0: Dude, absolute <laughs> rocket. Like, is Dejon Lovren good?
1: I, you know, no, <laughs> he's not. He's not. <laughs> okay.
0: I, I put out that tweet and everyone, like, started to, like, Uh, tweeting back being like oh i don't know (laughs) no guys he's not (laughs) um and then we had the i I honestly don't know how he didn't get punished the ridiculous flop by uh muhammad salah don't get me wrong salah is absolutely brilliant but that dive was jesus christ that was i saw
1: a liverpool ultra try and fucking support uh muhammad salah it was just like well, you don't know when you're traveling at such a high rate of speed that any, any <laughs> little touch any little touch can offset your balance. And I, I saw that shit, and I was just like, no, 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 no. no. Oh, you fucking idiota. No, that was a dive's dive. That was Theo Walcott, Marcus Rashford, Cristiano Ronaldo, Neymar, all thrown into one fucking dive right there. And I, same with you, Kev. I have no idea how he wasn't punished at all. The FA... I swear to god man there are a couple players on each team or in each league for sure that just get in the good graces of the FA and don't get punished. I oh mean, my god.
0: Conspiracy theory Martin, come no, on No, no.
1: I mean you got players on United, you got coaches just like that. Um you got players on Juventus. If you're a huge name player, you're definitely going to get some more luck from the referee. Uh mm-hmm. there was this Everton fan, he posted Two pictures, two videos of their game last week um, when I believe it was Theo Walcott and some some other player on Everton, I can't remember, were both taken down in the box and, like, dragged down. And they posted those videos next to the Salah video. we're just like, so these aren't fouls, but this is cool, F.A. So I don't think you can deny that the F.A., any governing organization... Has a couple players from a couple teams that they're going to look in a better light than other players. And I don't think that's conspiracy at all. I just think that's playing favorites, which is, you know, just kind of expected in the big names in sports.
0: Yeah, I mean, you see that. I mean, you see that with like Ronaldo's or Messi's, you know, they'll get mm-hmm. the call. They'll get the call because they are the marquee, marquee players. Um Moving on is uh, Sheridan Shakiri again, scoring, so best signing, best signing of the season.
1: Dude, he's consistently doing it, too. Like, it's it's fucking insane to me because it it really doesn't matter if he starts, you know, on the bench or if he starts the game. He's going to nab a goal. He's going to be involved in a goal, and this game was no different. Started, got his goal, and this dude is just consistently lethal in front of the goal. So uh, Kev, I think, I think I gotta say with confidence now that Shikiri is the best signing of the summer. Uh. He surpasses Tordera.
0: Damn it, we you know Arsenal just needed something, man, and I guess we're not even going to get that. <laughs> God damn it, just Arsenal. Why? I'll get to them later. Um, and then Fabinho, an eighty fifth minute, making it 4 Um Newcastle had an early opportunity in this game, but honestly, Martin, when I was watching this, also I had to work on Boxing Day, so I literally had like three tabs open, trying to do work while skip like checking back over, like breaking, <laughs> like breaking my neck, also listening for anyone behind me to close tabs or switch tabs. Right. <laughs> Um, but what's it called? Yeah, I mean, I barely saw Newcastle have the ball at all. I think Virgil Van Dyke another clean sheet. I mean Virgil Van Dyke again like uh not appearing on the goal sheet even though he had some good opportunities in this game um definitely, I mean, is the reason I think uh, with Allison, but I mean Virgil Van Dyke just does so much to ensure so many clean sheets. For Liverpool, so uh, not only was it a dominating match, it was just a nice, tightly wound game that I think Liverpool really needed to uh, continue this um, run. I mean, they're still undefeated. Martin, could they go invincible? I doubt it, but I mean, um, or at least in my in my Arsenal heart, I really hope they don't. Um, (laughs) But I don't know. Six points clear with Tottenham in second, seven points clear of City is is you know. Is, the, is it wrapped up? I mean, we still have 20 games to go, but do you think Liverpool are the favorites now?
1: Um, no, I don't. Uh, I, I, <laughs> okay,
0: <laughs> this, should, this should be good. <laughs> I,
1: I will agree with you that uh, Virgil van Dijk, in my opinion, is, is the key to Liverpool's uh, run of form. Um, because if you look at the goal stats and the clean sheets, uh, and you compare it to Liverpool last year when they didn't have VVD. Uh, the difference is uh, incredible. This this guy has done more to solidify Liverpool since. Man, I can't even remember another phenomenal like game changer in the defense for Liverpool in in at least five or six years. So I think Virgil Van Dijk deserves all the praise he's getting. I've said it before, and I still think this. I think he's the best. Defender in the Premier League right now, um, but I don't think Liverpool and Virgil Van Dijk will continue this run of brilliant form. Uh, they H- still, why they have to play you guys actually um, on Saturday, and mm-hmm. all I'm saying is y'all could have won your first match against them, and we are now halfway. We are halfway, exactly halfway uh, in the league right now, in the season right now. Oh, so that that's,
0: that's a sad thought. It Shit. is, it is.
1: And Liverpool still have to play the rest of the top six teams. And Tottenham, oh. is their form is improving by the minute. City's form is def- definitely slipping, but I do not see them limping to the finish line. I, I see this as two bad games, and then they're going to mm-hmm. turn it back up. So I, I just i don't think they are the front runner i don't think they are going to win it like city did last season i think Mm -hmm. i genuinely think this is going to go down to the wire and i think that the uh yeah the title at the end of the fucking season is going to be separated by like nine points and fuck me sideways i would love that if it was a competitive title
0: i i really hope so we haven't had one in a fucking while i mean even the leicester city one was like it wasn't even close at the end um yeah, I, I think. And
1: that's what I keep fucking remembering. Like, even though Leicester City five thousand to one odds.
0: Yeah, even at the end, it was like, oh, they still had it, like with like two games left. I was like, fuck. Um, are you get? Are you getting yelled at at the library?
1: I was briefly. It's okay,
0: yeah. <laughs> people forget that Martin's drinking at a library right now. Um, and being yelled at. And being yelled at. All right, uh, quick shout-out to Everton. I just I know uh, I want to mention the Toffees because they just been getting shit on by the top six the past two weeks, getting shit-pumped by Tottenham 6-2, and then 3-1 by Man City. They lit out all this pent-up aggression against poor, poor Burnley and Sean Dyche's men. Uh, Yerry Mina getting his first goal, Lucas Digna with the brace, Sigurdsson with the penalty, and Rick Carlson in the 93rd minute, just like just tacking it on like that was totally unnecessary or Carlson you these these people have mothers and children <laughs> probably um, so shout out to Everton they they definitely needed this this is a great bounce back game for them after getting shit pumped by uh, Tottenham and City so I I've, I've felt like this Everton side has been different in years past even though I feel like I say that every year but I this year I feel like Everton's different and uh, so and Sean Dyche needs to do something Burnley is slipping fast
1: yeah, I have no idea what happened to Sean Dyche and Burnley of last year because this is this is in the three years that they've been in the Prem and I've been watching them week in uh, and most weeks out. They are, have always been incredibly defensively sound, incredibly smart with their tactics, and it's it's all gone to hell this year. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Sean Sean Dyche's head is on the chopping block um, mm-hmm. after this oh. beatdown. Oh yeah! After this beatdown, he got beat down by City, like what was it, 6-0, um, And they're sitting in the relegation zone. I would I would not be surprised if we don't see Deutsch at the end of the year. But Burnley is in some serious trouble, and knock off uh, Maurizio Pochettino, aka fucking Everton's coach. God damn it! I'm blanking, Kevin. 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 Help me! Why can't I think of his fucking name? Marco Silva.
0: Yeah, I was about to say, sorry. I was uh, it's on the I was... opposite side of
1: things. He's fucking crushing it. And mm. I say the same thing as you do every year Everton is different this year. And this year, I actually kind of believe that. So shout out to Everton. Shout out to Lucas Dignay for that massive, beautiful fucking shot and goal. But let's move on to the most interesting game of the week mm. Leicester mm. City mm. defeats Manchester City after a fucking. Rocket by Ricardo um, Pereira. Holy crap!
0: Champions versus champions. This is what it is. Pe- people forget. Lester won five thousand to one. Um, yeah, I just feel like Man City need to pull themselves out of this hole that they're in. Like every time they go down, that it just feels like they just like feel really like defeated already. You know what I'm saying? Like like if they're not dominating a team like significantly with like possessions and shots. And if a team just pushes back, I feel like teams are really finding out pep right now. I think man city is going to bounce back and I think they're going to end up still being second. Don't get me wrong. And I think it's going to be close, but I think, uh, crystal palace, which we didn't have time to talk about that amazing game and Andrew Townsend's phenomenal goal. Um, and Leicester City, these two sides were, um, were probably what plus one thousand odds or something like that. Martin, um, mm-hmm. they they figured out ways to break down this squad. If you just push back a little bit, and they they can be found out. And I do think you know City will figure stuff out. Um, they obviously have some injuries. David Silva, a couple other players. Um, I think Fernandinho is getting yeah, a little. I think. Well, I also think he's old. They don't really have another central defensive midfielder um, to replace him, and I feel like they, that's one of the areas that they were lacking. I think they need to fill, um, and they didn't do that in the summer. So I don't know. And I feel like if it's not going great for them up front, the back end is also like not going. Like I feel like one side needs to work for the other to work well. If one's not, then the other's not going to. Do you just say? You see what I'm saying?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, I think. City, under Pep, has, have perfected the idea of making every single part in the system as a whole work brillian, brilliantly on its own so that the whole system is just absolutely brilliant. But the second one of those pieces are broken, like you're saying, the whole thing kind of shuts down, in my opinion. Um, with, without Fernandinho holding down the uh, midfield, without a player replacing and aging Fernandinho um, that holding midfielder uh, is, is kind of up in the air and Fernandinho is excellent at what he does but in this, at this time he's injured and it's really showing, really showing how bad this City team can be without that holding midfielder um, and Stones tried it against Crystal Palace, didn't do well uh, Gunnigan can do it isn't as well um, so I think that once Fernandinho does get back they will bounce back a lot with his return. Um, I absolutely think that they need to uh, find a replacement for him sooner rather than later. Um, But at the same time, I, I do think that while Pep's system is absolutely brilliant, we've seen it just wreak havoc on teams, it can be found out because he doesn't change formations that much. He doesn't change his tactics. It's all Pep ball. And if a team is able to crack that, Even the best teams in the world sometimes aren't able to crack that tactic. But if a team is able to do it and City goes down, City are in real trouble. We saw it in Hoffenheim uh, in the Champions League uh, when they played them twice. And Hoffenheim were excellent at disrupting that pep tactics. So for whatever reason, if you can figure out his tactics and figure out how to break them, more often than not, you're Uh-oh. gonna fucking win that game. And there's this awesome fucking stat, Kev, that when Nathan Redmond of Southampton scores on a Premier League uh, weekend, City have a win percentage of 37 and a half. When he doesn't score, they have a win percentage of 78. So Nathan Redmond scored in
0: both this matches. Game.
1: In, yeah, in both matches. So all I'm saying is Pep might want to look into getting a hitman and taking out Nathan Redmond.
0: Well, Martin, you know if Man City are looking for someone to replace Pep, you know there's someone who's just uh, who's just been fired. Um, I heard he's special. No, no. Um, I'm just saying there's someone who's out there sitting on the couch who, uh, if City needs a guy, I know a guy. You know. Yeah. He.
1: Experience in uh, Manchester,
0: mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's already familiar with the city. Um, uh, and I think he looked good in blue. He wore blue before. So That's true. And he could
1: another team.
0: So. Um, you know, I'm just connecting the dots here, Martin. So <laughs> if city
1: fucking higher, <laughs> Mourinho, I would absolutely <laughs> lose my mind, dude. I'm I would just play. fucking cry laughing if City was to hire Mourinho.
0: Oh, oh my god. And just him going up against Ollie. would uh, be so funny. <laughs> Alright, uh, that's enough City talk. They are currently sitting seven points behind uh, league leaders Liverpool. Uh, I did see a funny tweet. It was like a Manchester United fan saying uh, something along the lines of, hey, don't blame us. We, we held the league for 20 years. We give it off to Man City for just five years, and look how they fucked it up or something yeah. like that. It
1: was like, I, and I was that. Like, They were talking about Liverpool, and mm. they basically said, we kept Liverpool from winning the league for 25 years. You have it for two years, and you're already fucking it up, Manchester City. And I was just like, yes, yes. What? Yep. <laughs>
0: that's um, that's United uh, in a nutshell. All right, moving yeah, on pretty much. to... Tottenham, Jesus Christ, relax, Spurs. Uh you score six goals against Everton and then blew another load <laughs> on Bournemouth. You you just destroyed these cherries, like absolutely ruined them. Uh poor Eddie Howe on his side. So, can we talk about Tottenham? Like can, can we talk about them? Can we can we talk about them right now, Martin? Jesus fucking Christ. They are they're they are more they went from sneaky good to good to... I'm, I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it up to the next level. Uh, pretty good. so
1: Yeah, pretty good. Pretty damn fucking good. And, dude, this is exactly why I want Pochettino for the Manchester United job. Look, I, I'm going to do a similar thing that I did with uh, um, Rafa Benitez here. So, the Spurs team had the most players coming back late after the World Cup. Ali Erickson, Vertonghen, Rose, and Dyer have missed 40 games through injury this season. Mm-hmm. The Spurs have played zero games at a home stadium. They bought zero players this past summer. They have a net spend of $48 million dollars er, pounds since the summer of 2016. Yet, Pochettino have the Spurs not only in the title race, but through the Champions League group stages and in the last 16. So... Fucking, no doubt, no question in my mind that these players on the pitch are abnormally talented. Uh, Son, I still believe, is underrated as shit. Lucas Moura, same. Harry Kane is number two in the goal-scoring chart. Christian Eriksen is a fucking genius. Dele Alli, absolutely genius. There's no taking that away from them, but I swear to God, I don't think another manager would be able to do what Pochettino has done at Tottenham. I genuinely don't think... Pat Gordiola, with no funds, could do this. I don't think Mourinho, I don't think uh, Wenger in his heyday, I don't think fucking Sir Alex in his fucking heyday would be able to take the All right, the team all right, with,
0: fucking oh, relax. Obviously,
1: obviously some hyperbole. But what he's done with this team, while getting very little support from the board fiscally, is pretty fucking impressive. And for Tottenham to just go off on Bournemouth, who's having a pretty damn good season, is fucking impressive as
0: shit. Yeah, I can't deny that Poch is a goddamn wizard. Uh, and if you guys, I mean, Ollie's doing pretty good for Manchester United. Um, I'm just saying, Poch is. He's so fucking good. And Son, oh my god, Son is ridiculous. Like, he's also one of those players we've always said were, like, sneaky good, like Tottenham. Like, Son was mm-hmm. the epitome, was, like, pretty much the epitome of Tottenham. Like where they're like good, they're like really good, but not like there yet. I mean, Son is just going to another level. Shout out to South Korea, goddamn, dropping bombs. Woo! Um, Lucas Mora isn't doing that. Yeah, thanks, Martin. All right, and (laughs) Lucas Mora uh, again, great signing. Uh, Harry Kane back on the score sheet. It was just an absolute bludgeoning by Tottenham. I can't talk about it enough. Uh, I mean. Are Tottenham in the title race?
1: I think so. I think we're going to see a fucking weird little second half of the season. I don't think... I think we're going to see a couple different title changes. I think City is going to get back on top for a time being. I think Tottenham might even get on top for a time being. But I think... I I think the title is between three teams. I think it's between Spurs, City, and Liverpool. And I think City is going to bounce back and get it at the end of the day. But I, I... I would put money, I would hazard a bet here to say at some point before the end of the season, the Spurs will be on top.
0: Oh, okay. Well, will
1: win it, though. That ain't
0: happening. Well, well, well that goes without saying. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, Tottenham... They've elevated from sneaky good to good to pretty goddamn good. Alright, moving on to Manchester United. Martin, who is who who's whose man is this? Who Woo! is this Manchester United? Oh my god. We're Miss...
1: back, baby. We're winning the league. We're uh, winning this. Uh, f- oh okay. Alright, alright. Pump the, the brakes. Pump. pump. Kevin, we are uh,
0: I think <laughs> I just lost Martin. I think his service just went out. Let's see if Martin calls back.
1: Hey, sorry. All right. Manchester United is bizarre. Go ahead.
0: Yeah. All right. Martin lost service, uh, or did your phone die? What
1: happened? Uh, some other number called me and it ended both calls. So uh, fuck it's know. probably just Goddamn matrix. probably
0: Elon Musk. All right. So uh, Manchester United are back.
1: They are officially back. We win in everything. Ole Gunnar sa- uh, jar is the best thing since sliced bread. And, look, obviously this is m- me overreacting all the way from now until the end of the league or until we lose. But on a real note, I did not think that Mourinho was the only problem. I still don't think he's the only problem that Manchester United was facing. However, what I will say is saltjar by replacing Mourinho, has injected confidence and a brand-new fucking attitude for this Manchester United team. He is playing the old-school Manchester United way, which is attack, attack, attack. Um, he said that why wouldn't we attack when we have the likes of uh, Messi Lingard, Marcus Rashford, uh, An- Anthony Martial, Paul Pogba, all running at you? Why Why wouldn't you attack? Um, So he's playing that fast-paced, fun soccer, and I'm actually enjoying watching Manchester United matches. But the biggest takeaway that I have from uh, the Huddersfield game as well as the Cardiff game is that I'm not scared. Like, playing these teams under Jose Mourinho, uh, you would have been treated to a 1-0 boar fest. But that entire 90-minute span of time... I would be scared that Huddersfield or Cardiff or Brighton or Newcastle would equalize, get a stupid goal. Um, And what I notice is, like, 90% of the time when Manchester United played shittier teams under Mourinho is that they were hesitant, um, that this shitty team dominated the possession or at least gave United a run for the money in the possession game. But in these past two games, and yeah, it's against Huddersfield and it's against Cardiff, but the past two games, Manchester United was the dominant force. And to be perfectly honest, I think Manchester United in these two past matches have played the best soccer since the second half of either the Newcastle game or the second half of the Manchester Derby back uh, in last season. This is the best soccer that I've seen Manchester United play. Ah, in quite some fucking time, and I think that is directly linked to the new manager. Solchar is absolutely brilliant. He's a fan of the club. Uh, he was a player for the club. The fans love him. He is honored by this appointment. And man, Manchester United fans, just run with this happiness. Mm-hmm. This just enjoy it. Just just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, just go for it. And look, I said this like ten minutes ago. I still want Pochettino as the main manager but for saltjar to come into this club in the state that it was in and almost immediately turn it around and create an entirely new atmosphere fuck yeah my dude fuck yeah
0: yeah it is um kind of curious to see paul pogba just feeling so free and fluid and um scoring a brace obviously pog boom uh mm-hmm. it's um Crazy! Like he already has like I think like two goals and three assists and like two games and like 160, yeah. in like one hundred sixty in one hundred sixty minutes. It's like some ridiculous stat line compared to like nine games under how many games under Jose Mourinho this past season. Um, yeah, what do you think it is? You think it's like an attitude thing? I mean, you had Matic and Lovren score on the same day. Something must be going on <laughs> with the soccer gods. I don't understand it.
1: Uh, I think it mostly is down to an attitude thing and players being free to play the kind of soccer that they want to play. Um, Mourinho fucking said in an infamous press conference, conference that before we can attack, we have to defend. And somehow he was shit on both ends of the stick there. But almost immediately after Solchar came in, the freedom of expression that Paul Pogba now has on the pitch, as well as Rashi and Messi Lingard. Um, And Anthony Martial is night and day compared to Mourinho. Um, In the game against Huddersfield, Paul Pogba was all over the pitch. He played at times as a false nine. He played on the left, he played on the right, he played as a more defensive midfielder. He would have never been allowed to do that under Mourinho. Um, Then you look at Rashford, Lingard, uh, Martial, have all scored under Solkjar, uh and their runs are completely different than the runs that they were making under Mourinho. So, I, I do think, I really do think Solchar has had a, a huge impact on this club in the two games that he's been here. Um, and to the whole Matic and Lovren scoring on the same day, that's just Christmas magic, man. Mm. Or Boxing Day magic.
0: Yeah, same difference. One's more important, <laughs> obviously, Boxing Day, but. Uh, of course. I mean. I don't know. This is just fun. I mean, when Manchester United's good, I mean, it's just good for world football, I think. Like, it's just mm-hmm. been kind of miserable. Like, when Arsenal's firing on all cylinders, when Manchester United is firing on all cylinders, cylinders, it's just good for the Premier League, you know? And um, seeing a club legend come in there and kind of write this ship, it's a feel-good story, you know? Like, people are going to poo-poo this, but fuck them. Uh, I'm there with you, Martin. You know, let's move on to my club, who are pieces of fucking shit. (laughs) Arsenal versus Brighton, the unofficial gay capital. (laughs) Fuckers. Um, (laughs) Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang scores in the seventh minute. Sounds good, right, Martin? Sounds fucking great. It does. And Jurgen Locati scores in the 35th, making it 1-1. And from there, let me read these stats to you, Martin. Twelve shots by Brighton, only seven by Arsenal. Well, I guess how much possession Arsenal had?
1: Uh,
0: Fifty-five. No, Martin. That's very generous. Sixty-eight <laughs> percent. Almost oh, shit. almost, motherfucking 70. And th- it's just unreal. We doubled the amount of passes uh, that Brighton had. Um I just this is just what Arsenal does. They just like to walk it into the goal, just fucking shoot, man. And obviously that's what Brighton did and it paid off and they put the pressure on and Arsenal just had to ruin a perfectly great boxing day just for me. I was enjoying. I'm like, "Whoa, look at Liverpool. Leicester upsets Man City. What a day." And then Arsenal Arsenal had to be boring. I would have preferred if Arsenal lost. I mean, that would have been more interesting than this draw, you know? But, you know, our two game unbeaten streak continues. And uh, currently sitting in fifth. So, um, and you guys, Man United, are catching up shortly. People are like looking at the table, like, Man United will never even come close to top four. I mean, you guys are creeping now with back to back wins and confident wins. Like, you guys look more confident right now than Arsenal's been in the past couple games.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, but at the same time, we are just now looking good. So, <laughs> we didn't get the nice 25 games unbeaten streak that y'all did um but yeah this this sh- kind of shocked me uh I, I thought y'all were gonna really bounce back um after your defeat last week or what two weeks ago my bad um but you you didn't you uh, uh, yeah
0: no you, no for sure you for sure <laughs> did it
1: <laughs> you succumbed to the gay seagulls mm. and I mean, it's it's really shit timing because y'all could have used a confidence boost ahead of the game.
0: Uh, uh you think?
1: <laughs> I do, I do, and I'm sorry. I just, I just think this this game kind of went back to that wanger ball idea. Mm-hmm. Just gotta walk it in, just pass a lot and walk it in. And man, that's not you know Emery's arsenal, and I hope this this type of game doesn't happen again. Again, because this is slipping into bad habits, in my opinion. you got to keep those attacking numbers up.
0: Yeah, I... It's uh, just, just hard to watch, you know, when you know a team is definitely like all around better than another, but they're just like... I, I'll say it, they're just pussyfooting around. That's what Arsenal do. They pussyfoot around, and then nothing gets done, and it's hard to watch. Um, <laughs> it's great. It's a great. you got so much possession. What are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? You know, so what are you doing with your life? I don't know, dad. Um, so Arsenal drew on Boxing Day. Thanks a lot, guys. Just uh, whatever. Let's move on to another London team. Chelsea versus Watford. Eden Hazard re-emerging, reaffirming that he is in the PFA Player of the Year Award contender. I currently have him number one, which I'll have you with this with this most recent game, scoring a brace and winning the game against Watford. Martin, uh, Eden Hazard with a sublime goal in the 40, uh, 45th plus 46 minute. And then Pereira answering right back two minutes later, obviously the penalty uh, led to the win by Chelsea. Martin, what are your thoughts about Chelsea? What are your thoughts about Eden Hazard potentially being the PFA player of the year current with his current resume? I mean, he's, He's, like, phenomenal.
1: Yeah, um, I think Chelsea have a small problem. I said, like, two weeks ago that I thought uh, the sorry system would buff out and everything would be fine in the Chelsea camp. Um, However, watching Chelsea all of this season and even watching them over the past three, four seasons, they have a small but substantial problem. If Eden Hazard does not play brilliantly, which he usually does, But when he does not play brilliantly, the entire team shits the bet. So this team's record, this team's ability to really win and really dominate games is based on one man. If they lose that that man, Eden Hazard, uh, their win percentage goes down, I think at least 20 to 30 points. I was talking to my brother uh, last night, big Chelsea fan. And he's, he's on the whole Eden Hazard PFA Player of the Year. Eden Hazard is going to be a Chelsea legend, like he said. Um, And I I gotta agree, I'd put him in the running right now, Hazard in the running for the PFA Player of the Year, but at the same time, I'd put the usual specs in there too, like Kane, Salah, um, even on, uh, in my opinion, Aubameyang to some degree. Um, So, I think Hazard is the real deal. I genuinely believe that he is the best player in the Premier League um, and that he would do well if he was to go to Real Madrid. But at this point, Kev, I think he's going to stay, stay at Chelsea. He said he wanted to be a legend like Drogba, Lampard, Terry. So uh, he also just hit his centurion mark and goal scored. Mm. So I think he's going to stick around at Chelsea and uh, is, is try and get them back into the mm.
0: lead. Martin, is Eden Hazard a Chelsea legend?
1: How long has he been playing at Chelsea?
0: Oh, at least like five years, I think. Since like twenty, 20- yeah, yeah. actually, probably longer. Probably since like 2012, 2013. twelve, twenty thirteen. I'm not sure, but I mean, I would, I, I would say at least. Uh, twenty twelve. I put, I, I put a, a I put like at least a fiver on it. <laughs> a
1: fiver, yeah. He's been playing there since twenty twelve, and if he stays there the rest of his career, he's twenty seven now. I think he'll be a legend just like uh, Rooney is. You know, like he is a young legend, but a legend nonetheless.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's fair. It's hard. It's like, it's like we're so in this like dumb mindset where like, well, we don't want to call him a legend. He's too young. You know, like, right? <laughs> like that's it's like calling like Steph Curry like one of the top ten players of all time when the guy's only like not even thirty. It's like whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, we got to see what else he does. You though he's like the all-time like shooter of all time. You know what I mean? So, I. I I am going to cement him as a Chelsea legend already. You know what? I'll 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 bear that cross. Um, I mean, you want to go there? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll do it. I don't give a shit. You know, people will call me. <laughs> I, you know, fuck it. Um, I think that if you have two Premier Leagues and you have a PFA player under one of those, I and you know, and over hundred goals. You know what? I'll put you as a I'll put you as a legend. Is that uh, is that a bad criteria? Is that too lenient? It might be, but you know. So be it.
1: I'm stuck in that stupid brain idea that you can't be playing and be a legend. Like, Rudy's an exception because he's he's playing in the MOS. But, like, John Terry was a legend the second he left Chelsea. Drogba was a legend the second he left the Prem. So Eden Hazard needs to leave the Prem and go to the Easter <laughs> League. Frank, <or laughs> Frank
0: Lampard, soon as <laughs> he left Chelsea and went to Man City. Man City legend,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> right, <laughs>
1: right. That's what uh, Lamps is going to go down in history for. Man's c- playing on Manchester City. God, I always forget about James that.
0: James Milner, Man City legend. Um, people, people forget. People forget. Um, dude, I that grosses me out thinking that Frank Lampard. Like, I think of him more at West Ham when I was like six years old than I do about him at Man City. Is that weird? It-
1: it feels more natural Mm -hmm. it feels more yo it just it leaves a dirty taste in my mouth saying frankie played for uh man city and yo don't you talk smack about milner milner played for city for like five or six years the dude Mm -hmm. was like one of the og um players that legend oil Uh, easy Uh, i guess (laughs) (laughs) Fuck,
0: dude man city legend um Alright, guys. Uh, also, West Ham won today. Fuck you, Southampton. You th- you guys thought you were good. Um...
1: There you go, Kev. Get that dig I in. had to get that dig
0: in. Um, Alright, guys. We have fan questions. We only got one. So, shout out to Eli underscore E underscore track. He says, if Ali wins the Champions League with Manchester United, would you guys still take Pochettino? Alright. This is a crazy hypothetical, first off. Second, um... If he does, then yeah, I I would take I I play the hot hand. I would always play the hot hand, um. But I feel like the only way he stays is if you guys either win the FA Cup, make the top four, or get into like the semifinals of the Champions League. I don't see in any reality where you guys win the Champions League. I mean, crazier things have happened, but Martin. Call me crazy for thinking you guys won't win it.
1: Yeah, I don't think uh, <laughs> I don't think we're gonna win it either. I mean, that'd be bad fucking ass if we did. And uh, I gotta agree with you, if they can um, win the Champions League in his first first uh, season managing one of the biggest teams in the world, uh, hell yeah. That's why that's why Zidane was able to stick around for Real Madrid. Wins the Champions League, Champions League, and maybe. Dude, way ahead of myself. But maybe Ole is the next fucking... uh, Oh, my God. Yo, all I'm saying is Manchester United, on that trajectory, are slated to win the next three Champions League. And I can live with that, so Uh, yeah.
0: All right. Well, all right, Martin. This has been a fun show. Uh, make sure to check out our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Lads Podcast, Lads underscore podcast, loud American discussing soccer. Just Google some shit. It'll pop up. Um, make sure to check out StadiumScene.tv, the best place to find the best parking, restaurants, and bars to all your favorite sporting events. Um, Basketball still going on, hockey, fucking uh, football playoffs and shit. Yeah, there's still soccer. Just use stadium Scene um for all your needs damn i love doing that plug um (laughs) and we also have a patreon which you can support us at and we will have hoodies at some point and when they are the links will be all over the social media accounts so if you want to buy a hoodie and support the show then you need to follow us on one of those to find out so i mean i pretty much trapped you so sorry
1: that was a good trap. Thank you. That was uh, entrapment. Thank you. Like, if you were a cop, you couldn't do that because that was excellent entrapment.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think I should be a cop. Are you a fucking cop? Are you a fucking cop?
1: <laughs> Kev, you'd be the... Uh, you'd somehow be the nicest and weirdest cop in the world. I, I think you should explore <laughs> this that is, possibility. This is
0: a bad reference because it's Louis C.K., but do you remember Louis C.K. from uh, Parks and Recreation? yes he's like <laughs> yeah i think that's how i would be as a cop just not creepy and louis yes. and it's not creepy and louis ck but like uh you know i approached the situation and i followed it completely uh the lady over there said that. <laughs> like, that's how i would be as a cop <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's actually the perfect minus the whole louisness of it yeah but that's the perfect comparison yeah. of you as a cop yeah. all right i don't remember his name but that's you
0: now okay good um Parks and Rec, amazing show. But all right, guys, this has been our show. Um, Everyone have a happy new year. We will be doing a live show from probably Charlotte or Mooresville, probably Charlotte, North Carolina, Uh, probably in a bar. We'll get the mics out. We'll get the camera out. Uh, I'm going to figure out how – other fans of the show can call in so you guys can ask us questions. We're going to give our list like best goals, favorite players, favorite moments, um, and even like some of our own favorites, like our favorite music albums, our favorite movies of the year. It's just going to be a real laid back episode but it's just going to be cool. Me and Martin drinking some beers at a bar. So, uh, thank you guys and happy motherfucking New Year!
1: Woo! 2019! Sometimes I feel like I'm just talking to my
0: Stay.